Hey, hey, welcome to Crazy Biarch Asians. This is a podcast where we discuss the issues Asians can face in the Western world with a critical mind, a bit of healthy debate, and lots of tea. Hosted by Sydney-based digital marketer Sharon Jiang and journalist Juna Zhu. So today's episode is going to be quite a different one. If you've been a fan of the potty for a while, usually Juna's voice follows my intro, but it's still me. As you're all aware, Sydney has been in lockdown for, I think it's the ninth week now. And I'm sure you can all understand that lockdown is a difficult time for everyone, especially because things aren't really getting much better here in Sydney. So that being said, with a heavy heart, Juna has left the podcast and won't be returning for season two. We both want to thank you all for supporting us throughout this entire season. And Juna has been absolutely fundamental to this project and I'm mentally giving her a big round of applause. So what does the future look like? I would like to come back for season two with a refreshed structure. So Crazy Biarch Asians will probably turn into an interview style podcast. So I'll get notable Asian guests on for each episode, similar to what we've done with Brendan Pang in episode 15. I mean, this is a massive pipe dream, but I'd love to interview Jackie Chan one day. So just putting that out into the universe. I'd honestly love to hear your thoughts on this new structure, whether or not you would tune in for season two. So you can always DM me on Instagram at crazybiarchasians. Today's episode will close off season one and will only feature my voice. And of course, I am not going to torture everyone with just rants from myself. So today's episode will highlight some really interesting listener stories and experiences to tie up season one with a neat little bow. After every episode, we've had some great feedback and people have been so open to tell their stories. So I thought what a better time to share them around with you all. Thank you everyone who has written in and given me permission to share. From the bottom of my heart, Juna and I really do appreciate it. So now that all the announcements are over, let's get on to the episode. One of the most common things that's really been highlighted throughout season one is the amount of general and casual racism that the Asian community in Western countries face. It's something that perhaps we all grew up with and have seen with our own eyes or experience through family or friends or ourselves. While we didn't do a specific topic on the broad idea of racism, it's something that as Asians we are all aware of. So our first listener story comes from Sabrina. She's from Australia and is Chinese Singaporean and raised in Sydney. I'm sure many of us copped racism during school, especially if you went to a largely, in inverted commas, white school without much racial diversity. So here she's sharing her experience with racism as a kid. The first time I experienced racism, I was in primary school. I grew up in Manly, a predominantly white suburb in the northern beaches, and kids used to pull their eyes to the side, the classic Ching Chong taunts. But it was Clean Up Australia Day at school one year when it really hit me. My mum was a parent supervisor, and this seven-year-old boy in my grade threw a piece of rubbish to the ground. Mum politely called him out and explained that today was Clean Up Australia Day. We protect our environment. We don't litter. He called her a chink loud and proud. He was seven. I couldn't believe my ears. Oh, and this school enforced ESL classes on me. At the time, English was my only language, not my second language. 
Because of my Asian last name, Asian appearance, I had to do English as a second language. So her story perhaps strikes a chord with a lot of you guys who grew up in Sydney or really anywhere where there's a racial segregation in different suburbs. And I don't mean racial segregation as in institutional segregation. You just have more ethnic suburbs and then more white suburbs. So for those who don't know, the Northern Beaches is a very beachy, as you can tell by the name, and white Australian type of suburb, which I think largely today is quite tolerant and more accepting than previous years. But just hearing stories of the classic pulling eyes and ching chong is just really disgusting. In episodes 17 and 19, we talked about all the inappropriate questions and comments that people make that are either downright racist or pure uncomfortable. And we didn't even talk in depth about the eye pulling or the ching chong taunt because we kind of assumed that society was way past that. But... Apparently not, because in June this year, the Serbian volleyball team pulled the Asian eye gesture to the Thailand team, and this news story literally blew up. I'll link a picture in the show notes, but I was so stunned that in 2021, this is still happening. I honestly thought we left that in the 90s. The next story comes from Jim, also from Australia. He shares his experiences living in a high school boarding house in Sydney with predominantly white Australians. Jim sent me a screenshot of his WhatsApp convo with his boarding mates and their stuff like, have you eaten bat before? So Jim says, here's a good one. High school boarding house group chat as a token Asian. Then one guy sends a voice message saying, ooh, ring ting ting, your country fucked the world in one of those stupid accents they think what Asians sound like. Then they set my name to Batman. This was a year ago, so corona was still a very sensitive issue and China was on the news all the time, so I was a bit rattled. I even reached out to the guy and he was like, I'm not even being racist. It's true. China did fuck the world for everyone. Oh, This just grinds my gears because this is coming from boarding housemates who are supposed to be your friends. And like, I get banter between mates and stuff, but Jim was obviously not having any of it as he reached out to the racist guy to confront him or educate him, but it was met with, or I'm not even being racist. He was just not even owning up to it. So I think this story leads so well into the next section because the Stop Asian Hate movement has been a massive and defining part of 2021 for the Asian community as well as the world at large. Following the Black Lives Matter movement, it seems like we're having a real awakening to racial issues and minorities are just not taking shit anymore. So in episode 10, we covered the Asian hate crimes around the world in massive depth. So have a listen if you want to know more. But basically, much of the hate crimes came from Trump's China virus rhetoric, where Asians were attacked, many killed in the street because they looked Asian and people assumed that they have COVID and they were the source of this pandemic. So that being said, the next set of stories are racist experiences specifically from COVID-19 and this China virus rhetoric. Sabrina from Sydney, Australia says, I was on the train into work before we went into lockdown back in February and I lightly coughed after drinking from my water bottle because water had gone down the wrong side. And a middle-aged Caucasian man told me to go back to my country and stop eating bats. I'm Chinese Singaporean, but I was born in Montreal, Canada and raised in Sydney. I asked him what country he was referring to, as I am both a Canadian and Australian citizen. 
And this past weekend, I was crossing the street in Strathfield, waiting for cars to stop coming so I could go safely. And suddenly a car, who was not signaling to turn my way, turned and almost hit me. Naturally, I yelled at him to use his blinker and he called me a coronavirus spreading Asian bitch. Okay, I mean, we all know that that is absolutely disgusting, but can I just say that people who resort to the whole coronavirus racist line are the most unimaginative people ever. If anyone ever says that to you, they're dumb and you don't need to pay them any mind. Just keep walking. People hate it when they're ignored. They want you to react. So literally just give them the exact opposite. But my heart goes out to people who have really experienced this in Australia, because with the Asian hate crimes, the bulk of it, the bulk of the violence was really in the US. So it's really disheartening to hear that someone like Sabrina and perhaps you listening right now have also experienced um, racial taunts and um, verbal abuse. Okay, next one. Sam from Sydney, Australia says, it has definitely been heartbreaking to hear about our fellow Asians across the seas. When you guys mentioned Pauline Hanson, it definitely brought it closer to home. But in my opinion, Pauline Hanson and Donald Trump are both representatives of their far-right community of hate. What I'm trying to get here is that, as an Asian Australian, I feel we don't have our representative to speak out about this. Penny Wong would be the closest to home that I know, but her influence doesn't reach out far enough to our community. I felt like this was such an interesting idea because it really highlights how Asian representation through politics, community life, media, public service, any sector that has an impact on culture and directly affects our standard of living is extremely, extremely important. I love how we have Penny Wong representing to an extent our community. But in Australia, what other major politician can you think of that's standing for Asian rights? No need to answer, it's just some food for thought. Okay, next one has to do with episode 17 and 19 on inappropriate comments or microaggressions. Have a listen back to those episodes if you're curious, but Julian from Sydney, Australia has some more to add. He says, my favorite is you're not the typical Asian, as though that's a tick of approval. You hear it all the time. So if someone is really outgoing, they're not typically Asian. Or if an Asian guy dates a lot of non-Asian girls, you'll hear this a lot. Or if an Asian hangs out with lots of non-Asian people that are typically popular, so more talkative, play sport, etc., you'll hear it a lot. So true, Julian. So bloody true. I feel like I can relate to this one because back in high school, someone said something very questionable to me that were along those lines. So I went to an academic high school with a large Asian population and there was this general consensus that the white kids thought they were above everyone else. They kept to themselves, hang out with each other and didn't really pay the rest of the Asian grade any attention. At least that was the feeling I got. So I was a bit of a floater in high school, didn't really have a set group, and I sat with the white, in inverted commas, group one day at lunch. This girl randomly says, oh, we're the white group, plus Sharon, but that's okay because she's a cool Asian. (laughs) I just, like, lol, I mean, is this mean girls? Like, goodbye. 
So going back to what Julian said, I think his quote really touches on the fact that Asians have this stereotype of being submissive, of being quiet, not outspoken. And we talk about this stereotype a lot in our past episodes. So we talked about in Bamboo Ceiling, how that hinders your success in the workplace because you're not as forward as um Anglo-Saxon workers, as well as the idea feeding into Asian fetish, you know, Asian women being submissive and quiet, as well as the desexualization of Asian men because they're seen as, again, quiet, unassuming, blending into the background. So that what he's saying is if you're like talkative and outgoing, oh my God, you're not a typical Asian. So I completely get where he's coming from. All right, moving on. Last story comes from someone who is multiracial, so she is half Asian. This one relates to episode 19 on the not Asian enough idea. So multi-ethnic individuals were being trolled by Asians online because apparently they're not Asian enough to be a victim of or have a voice in the current anti-Asian hate crimes climate, which is just a terrible thing to say, really. So on our Instagram, we asked, are you biracial or multi-ethnic and find it offensive when someone says to you, but you don't look Asian? So Ilushka from the US responded and she said, it makes me feel like an invisible Asian and not worthy enough to take part in my own culture. People have also tried to use this excuse to minimize my feelings about Asian racism. Either they feel comfortable saying racist things, not necessarily directed towards me, in my presence without realizing I'm Asian, or saying that I shouldn't feel that offended because I'm only half. To be honest, it's incredibly difficult for me to stand up against the racist comments because I was unfortunately imbued with the keep your head down and just keep working hard mentality. I'm lucky if I can get a, hey, that's not appropriate out. The pandemic actually helped me cut off toxic people who are gatekeeping, so I don't really get that anymore. On the other hand, it has left me with no close Asian friends at all. With regards to social justice movements, especially in the Stop AAPI Hate, I personally believe that multiracial Asians such as myself are both a part of the community, but also occupy an ally space as well, because we have access to spaces that others in the Asian community may not. It's definitely a confusing space to navigate. I found her last comment a really interesting point because Ilushka pointed out that being biracial means she also occupies a privileged space that other Asians may not have access to. So in that, how do you fit into the conversation, which is how do you fit in to both of your cultures at once? I honestly have no answers myself, but I'm always happy to hear thoughts from people who are multi-ethnic. You can DM me on Instagram at crazybiarchagents. So that's basically all the listener stories, but before I bid farewell to season one, I want to tell you all about a fantastic podcast and episode that I found recently. This is not sponsored. This is literally me just sharing something that I love. As you're probably aware, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is now out in Australia. Ironic because we're in lockdown and we can't go to the cinemas, but I'm hoping we can pay online. So just Google where you can get this movie, but I know that it is out now. The podcast Asian Enough recently interviewed Simu Liu, the leading actor who plays Shang-Chi. There was a particular thing he said that really struck a chord with me and is a perfect way to finish off this episode. So Liu said in relation to the Asian community, We men and women have not been the masters of our narrative. 
that's caused one part of our community to be hypersexualized, one part of our community to be desexualized, whereas we both collectively just want to be seen as human beings. The key to our salvation comes from being able to tell our stories. Okay, that brings us to the end of the episode and to the end of season one. Bit of a short episode for you guys today, but I hope we really wrapped everything up with a cute little pink bow. I sincerely hope all of you guys took something out of those stories because the whole aim of Crazy Biatch Asians is encouraging you guys to embrace your culture and also be empowered to share experiences that really aren't so fun to talk about but are necessary to a multicultural future. I want to thank everyone again for all your support. Juna and I never expected to get the potty to where it is today. 22 episodes in season one, we feel like that's quite a feat for a side project which started in Juna's parents' basement. As for season two, like I said, I would love to continue Crazy Biatch Asians. I don't, however, have a specific return date, I would really like to take some time to think, rebrand, and refresh. So while there won't be any episodes for the near future, we do have quite a collection of episodes and hours and hours of content. So even though we're not producing anything new right now, we'd love it if you could share the potty with your friends and family who have never heard of us because we do have quite a backlog of stuff. And also consider subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We are also on YouTube under the same name. And if you want a daily dose of the best Asian memes, then just head to our Instagram at Asians. Please stay safe and sane, everyone. Bye for now, but not forever. Mm-hmm.